He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle, and I'm back with my usual co-host. And all of a sudden, we're one week out from the end of the NBL regular season. There's times where it's a bit of a grind midway through the season, Cody. But all of a sudden, we've got four days of the season to go, and we still don't know who's going to be playing no playing in the finals. It could be any of seven teams that that end up making it, and it's probably going to come down to that very last game of the regular season, which is always an exciting way to, to finish things. So we'll go through it all on this week's show. I think we we saw over the past week, Melbourne, Perth and Tasmania all show that they're the top three teams. But then we saw the Breakers, the Hawks and the Bullets set up this last round all by getting getting wins. I think it's fair to say the Sydney Kings don't deserve to, to be one of the top six teams. But unfortunately, they might just get there through default. And then once they're there, they've got enough talent to do some, do some damage, I would have thought. Cody, the Brian Gorgian decision where he might end up wanting to coach is going to be fascinating to follow in the coming weeks as well. I think this season, Cody, we've seen the two worst coach ejections that I remember ever seeing yep. in the NBL and probably, especially this week, the most unlikely of coaches to, to cop it mm-hmm. as well. So we'll we'll get your thoughts on that as well. A couple of retirements over the last 24 hours as well to, to talk about with some announcements coming into this last round. We're all here thanks to Hoop7 as always. And Tab Touch, so head to tabtouch.com.au and we'll try and help you find some winners, Cody. But I'm Chris Pike. But great to have you back, Cody. First of all, it's been it's been a bit of bit of a strange last few weeks yeah. without you. Yeah, yeah. Look, work this time of year for me is uh, as hectic as it gets. So uh, look, I really appreciate all you and Simon filling in and mm. and uh, and helping out there and yeah, kind of easing my mind a little bit <laughs> to know that. Uh, the show is in certainly in good hands with, with you two on the uh, on board. Yeah, no, I appreciate Simon Mitchell's help over the last few weeks and we'll continue to have him involved mm-hmm. for the rest of the season as well. Um, before we get into the basketball talk, Cody, mm. start of the school year with your work. You work yes. at, at, at Campion Ed- Education who provide basically the school supplies to, mm-hmm. to schools and to the, the students. Has this been your most hectic start to a, to a school year? It has, it has. It's uh, it's usually pretty wild, but uh, this year has just been uh, on another level. Mm. So, um, look, I mean, it's it's always good to be busy. Better, <laughs> yes. better to be busy than bored. But yeah, it's been uh, pretty insane, and I'm um, just kind of playing delivery driver at the moment and making <laughs> sure that all the schools getting what they need. And uh, yeah, dealing with you know odds and ends and mm. sitting on emails till <laughs> ten at night and um, all that fun stuff. So. Uh, yeah, been pretty wild, but uh, it looks like it's starting to taper off a little bit, which is nice. Average temperature of around 40 degrees as doesn't well help. over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, How's you, how have you held up with that? Yeah, not very well. <laughs> not very well. It's uh, I'm lucky that my car has some pretty good aircon, mm. so uh, you know it, it's not been fun, but uh, is what it is. Do you avoid the warehouse as much as possible? Try to, try <laughs> to. Now that school's up and running, we uh, we aren't in the warehouse at all, which is mm. which is good. But uh, yeah, I mean, running out 
by the time I get back to my car from you know being in a school, it's <laughs> it's already heated up again, yes. and you know by the time I stop again, the aircon's finally kicked in, and mm. it's yeah, it's a bit of a uh, hodgepodge, but uh, it's good. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's been a good couple of months. All right, let's get into basketball talk. I mean, since we last spoke, a lot's happened mm. over the last three weeks, Cody. What stood out to you? Has there been something burning on your mind that you want to get off your chest before we get into get into the the action? Oh, you pretty much hit all the nails on the head with uh, with everything that, that you spoke about on the intro. But yeah, no, look, there's there's so much, there's so much. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure we'll cover it all mm. uh, in the in the next hour. All right. So coming into this last round, things are, are nicely nicely placed. I remember last time we spoke, we talked about how Melbourne, Perth, and Tasmania are clearly the best three teams, and I think. Even more so the case now as we head into the finals. I mean, they're, they're the only teams with winning records. I mean, <laughs> I think that, that says it all. And I think it's been a frustration of Simon thinking about teams making the playoffs with poor records. Yeah. But the fact that Tasmania is now going to be at least 15 wins to finish third and mm. then, you know, Perth, a, a chance to get to 19, Melbourne yep. could get to 20. I think that's the sort of record you'd hope for from your top three teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it it is frustrating, but it's also, I guess... A good thing because it means that it's more even across the board. Absolutely, um, you got your bottom place team who I think will have the most ever wins for any team that's finished team finished last. last. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, on the broadcast they were saying you're the best worst team ever. Which, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, probably not put so elegant. But uh, yeah, look, I mean that's that's a pretty impressive stat, especially mm. when there's you know this many teams in the league yeah. now. So Melbourne, Perth, Tassie, the the clear cut, you know, mm. best three teams, mm. um, and I don't think there's anyone else that really rivals those three um, at all. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how they go in series. I think yeah. the Hawks have purse number at the moment. I do. But, um, you know, that changes come finals, yep. obviously. Um, Are they the only three teams right now that you would say could win the championship? Or would you put somebody else in the mix? No, I, I think those are the three. I yeah. think it's out of those three for sure. I, mm. I just think everyone else is that step below, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. I could imagine... Any of those other three teams grabbing a game in a series, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine see, seeing them, especially against Melbourne and Perth, but probably Tasmania as well. I kind of see them winning multiple games in a, in a series. Yeah, I don't think so. Realistically, I think your only shot would be if Sydney yes. slot into the six yep. and just purely because of the talent they yep. have. Um, if they can figure it out, which they haven't really been able to in mm. this back part of the mm. season, but if they can, then they're going to be dangerous yep. and they're going to be a team that, I don't think any of those top three will want to run into no. um, if, if they do find their form. I would have said the breakers if they had Anthony yeah, Lamb still, 100%. but I think without him, they're just missing that extra extra weapon. Yeah, they definitely are. But what we saw from last round is that the breakers, the Hawks, the Bullets all did enough to set up this this fascinating last round. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've all got reasons where throughout the season they could have could have put up the, the white flag and mm-hmm. thought it was too hard, but they're all in the mix. But the disappointing part is that one of them is most likely going to miss out. Yeah, they are. And look, I think... Really, the the one team that has to win is Brisbane yes. because of their percentage. Yep. You know, yep. their percentage is so much lower than the rest of the yep. teams in the mix, unfortunately. Yep. And they have to win in New Zealand on Friday, or else they're done. Yeah, yep. And that's going to be a big game for yes. New Zealand that we'll touch on later. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's a, that's an absolute must win. And look, that's it's good because they've got their own fate in their hands, mm. which yep. is, is what you want. Um, you don't want to be relying on other teams and, and stuff like that. So look, I think if they can. Go to New Zealand and get that win. They'll uh, they'll be feeling pretty good about themselves. Well, they would absolutely deserve it, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sydney Kings. We'll talk about them a bit later in more detail, but they just don't seem to care. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be well coached. Or 
we were talking about it in more detail. I don't know if it's not well coached or they just don't want to listen to their coach. Either either way, there's a disconnect there. But yeah. they don't seem to want it as much as every other team, but they might still get there. Yeah. And then, like you said, with that much who talent, who knows what they could still do over the next month. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting situation in Sydney with lots of people calling for Coach Mood's head mm. um, from pretty much halfway through the season, really. Mm. You know, they started off really well. Mm. They started off really well, and that's... You know, we, we mentioned that a few weeks ago and that's purely because of the talent they have on their team, right? Every other team was still trying to find their feet. Mm. Once teams have figured themselves out and started scouting, that's mm. where Sydney's kind of started falling away. Mm. It's um, interesting. It's not just fans either. It's people like Julian O'Brien and Matt McQuaid who mm. are probably the harshest critics of him right now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And look, uh, it's a tough one, right? Especially being in the Sydney market. Like mm. you've got to reach certain expectations, mm. especially after taking over a guy like Chase Buford who <laughs> yeah. came in, was just, while he had all these little antics, he was mm. an elite coach for mm. that team, yep. for that club. Yep. Comes in, wins championships, championships, and then off he goes. And then <laughs> and the, play, the, the players clearly wanted to play for, for him, which yeah. I think is the big difference. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those tough ones that you come in and your expectations mm. to be, again, elite are huge. Yeah. Lost a lot on the court, you know, with, with some players' movement. But, um, look, they've still got enough talent there. Mm. But uh, we, we saw over the weekend them zoom into one of the huddles and it looked like Jalen Adams, you know, shaking his head at mm. whatever Coach Mood was talking about or yep. writing up on the board. And yep. that's not good from your star player. Especially when he's the one that has to go out and execute, exactly. execute what's been, exactly. been written up. And look, it's, it's tough. It could be that we're reading into it a bit too much, but I think it's all playing out fairly obvious and... You know, there is a disconnect between the coaching staff and the playing group. Yeah, I don't know if we are. I'll talk to you about it later, but Jordan Hunter's comments post-game were very interesting while he was sitting next to his coach. Yep. So I'll talk to you about that a bit, a bit later and get your reaction. Two teams out of the running now, the Taipans and the 36ers. For different reasons, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they mm. finish the season because there's no disar- disharmony of the 36ers, but their coaching situation is fascinating. But yeah. at the Taipans... I don't know if they look like they're necessarily that that happy. No, no, they look all over the place at the moment. Mm. The main thing being Taj McCall and yes. and you know Forty, mm. which have been inseparable for the past couple of <laughs> yeah. seasons, and yeah, he's he's really in the doghouse at the yeah. moment, which is which is pretty pretty wild. Mm. And um, yeah, it's been very interesting to see, and you know, you kind of wonder what's going on mm. there. And again, we're on the outside looking in, so we have mm. no idea exactly what's going mm. on, but. Uh, yeah, from, from where we're sitting, it, it doesn't look like a happy camp. No, it doesn't. We'll talk a bit about it a bit more later. Um, before I get to the results from round 19, the ejection hmm. of Mike Kelly for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in that, in that game on, on Saturday, Cody. Um, I don't know if I've seen a, a more embarrassing coach ejection. The, the one earlier in the season with Modi Mayor was, I thought was bad. Yeah. It was bad because... I legitimately believe when Modi talks about how he wasn't insulting them, he mm. didn't abuse them, he didn't swear at them. It yeah. was just that he was a bit over the top and, yeah. and he's an that's, over the top that's character. Who is, right? That's who he is. So I can understand why in that one a bit more why just because he's so over the top that the referees overreacted, but Mike Kelly doesn't <laughs> doesn't overreact. Everything he said was under his breath and post-match he said that he didn't didn't say anything abusive, he didn't yep. swear, and I take as yeah. he, at his word, I think he's a, <laughs> a guy that... Over 30 years now that we've seen him in the NBL, he's deserved to be believed with what he says. Didn't like a call, made yeah. a comment, get one tech foul, and, and maybe that's fair enough if he was bad enough in his objections to the call, but he didn't do anything to deserve a second tech yeah. tech foul. 
There was nothing nothing that came... You want to deter abusive referees, obviously. We don't want to see referees abused, but Mike didn't, did not abuse anybody. There's nothing that came through the microphones that we could hear. No. He was he he was shocked. He he responded calmly, but he was clearly shocked that it, that it happened. It's the last thing a young team needed to lose their mm-hmm. coach as well. And whenever Sam McKinnon ends up coaching, it's always under the worst of circumstances yeah, over, the, over the last 18 months. But that's embarrassing, isn't it, to see a coach ejected for, for, for that? It's just, it's baffling, really. Mm. Like, I just, I don't know. And, I mean, you, you look at every other coach and they have done something worse and not been teched for Absolutely. this season. Yeah. Mike's done worse things and not been teched for <laughs> yeah. it this season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, to get your second tech, it's got to be something pretty bad yeah. to be tossed from a game. Yeah. Mike is playing with an NBL1 team at the mm-hmm. moment, you know, yeah. which is frustrating as you can mm. get i'm sure for yeah. for him and his staff and he's doing all he can to help his team out right mm. he's, he's on the refs you know for, for every little thing which every coach every is every coach is yeah I and mean, you see really running up and down the sideline stomping mm-hmm. and yep. going his face as red as your <laughs> yeah. shirt yeah. and that happens all the time you, you hear dean, dean through the mic his whole all, yeah, yeah the whole yeah. time trev was the same when yeah. he was with yeah. the cats you know it's it's just one of those things 40 40 mm-hmm. is you know fairly animated yeah. Shul is probably the only other one that's about as cool, calm, and collected yeah. as, as Mike Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Tatum's pretty. He, he, he leaves him alone completely. I yeah, think he's yeah. he's kind of figured out that just concentrate on his team. So those three guys are probably the three least expected to be tossed from a game. Coach Mook's been getting very fired up with very him fired. lately. Yeah, yeah. I, something came through the microphone the other like mm. the day after this happened mm. and. I sat up out of my chair. I was like, how is it that not even... Not even A-Tech. Not even not, A-Tech. Yeah, yeah. Ref didn't even look back at him. Mm. Like, I just yeah. I just don't get it. If it's mm. coming through the mic, it's through the referee's mic. Yeah. So it's not like they can't hear it. Yeah. And I just I just really don't understand it. And you're right, it might be the worst ejection I've ever seen. Mm. It's just... That it was just awful. And it's just... It, it proves the inconsistencies that we're talking yeah. about yeah. all season with the refereeing. And it's it's... Really frustrating and infuriating to watch. Mm. It's just, I just, it makes it hard to adjust to it. Yeah, it's frustrating because, like you said, we see things from other coaches that we could easily accept them being kicked out for, yeah. but it doesn't happen. I mean, <laughs> Trev never got ejected once in his no. entire Wildcats coaching no. career, and he easily could have well, won once, twice, three times a season, yeah, easily, if, yeah. if, if not a week. Um, the only time he got ejected was when he was coaching four Townsville mm-hmm. in Perth. Yep. So it's, it's baffling. And in a season where you can't help but feel for Mike Kelly, mm-hmm. that's the last thing he needed in the second last game. Yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, I just, I don't understand it. And I'm glad that everyone else was on the same page because no one else understood me. No, sure, surely <laughs> so. not. All right, we don't want to get bogged down with that because there's lots of basketball to talk about. So what we saw in round 19 was a lot of results that set up this this last round. So it started a, a cracking game in Auckland on the Friday where these two teams are locked in that battle for one of the top six positions and it went down to the very last shot and probably only fitting that it came down to a Tyler Harvey shot on, on the buzzer, but yep. it was the New Zealand Breakers that got the win over the Illawarra Hawks 88-85. to And then we saw the Brisbane Bullets keep their season alive. They beat the Adelaide 36ers 102-84. Then we went into that game where the Tasmania Jack Jumpers they got the job done, but virtually against an NBL one yeah. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix team without Mitch Creek and Gary Brown and Alan Williams and Craig Moller and Owen Foxwell. Mm-hmm. So ninety four to sixty seven win for the Jack Jumpers. This scoreline does not tell the story of this game at all. The Perth right. Wildcats beat the Cairns Taipans one seventeen to eighty eight, but 
It was a two-point ball game with seven minutes to go. It was incredible to watch that that unfold. And then on Sunday, Melbourne United against an exhausted New Zealand Breakers who just constantly get put in this position. Yep. I, I feel for them. But Melbourne United, 94-81 to 81 winners. And then Illawarra Hawks against a very disappointing Sydney Kings once again, 106-95 to 95 to finish things out. Um, let's go to that Breakers and, and Hawks game and also their, their weekend, Cody, because they played out that thriller on the Friday night in Auckland and then both of them had to back up on Sunday. I don't know how the scheduling works. So both of them play on a, on a Friday night in Auckland and then on Sunday they have to play... Melbourne, the top team in the league, mm-hmm. and Sydney, the defending champions, mm-hmm. who are playing their only games on the weekend, yeah. sitting at home, waiting at home on the Sunday afternoon against two exhausted teams. I don't know how this keeps happening, especially to yeah. the Breakers. Yeah, they just they get the short straw every season, <laughs> yeah. it seems like, which is unfortunate and frustrating. But, um, I mean, you just got to roll with the punches, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, this game with the Breakers and the Hawks was, was a decent game. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, both... Both teams kept throwing haymakers at each other mm. and no one wanted to fall over. And then Tyler Harvey's three at the end, I thought it was cash. He, was he, thought, that, he thought it was too. Just that little bit short. I think everyone at the stadium probably mm. thought it was cash. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit short. And yeah, New Zealand kind of still won against a, a Hawks team that you probably would have thought would have gone in and, and won that one. Mm. The biggest play of the game was Isaiah Leafa's steal. He took the gamble to, mm-hmm. to go and grab the steal from the inbounds pass where I think it was Justin Robinson who was trying to get it to Gary Clark, but mm-hmm. Leafa was guarding Tyler Harvey at the time. So yeah. if he doesn't get the steal, they'll probably lose the game. Yep. So he took the gamble, but he's good at making those gambles. I mean, that was a massive play because it led to a, a Zylan Cheatham dunk and that's what gave them that three-point lead, which gave them that, mm-hmm. that cushion. Yeah, definitely. And look, Leafa is a bit of an underrated defender, I think. Mm. I think he's he's one of the better defenders in the league. Mm. He's just He's not... A massive player, but he's you know strong, and he he understands the defensive end, and he always knows you know the players he's guarding. So, not the least bit surprising that he came up with that, and then you know obviously the the dunk at the other end, and kind of gave him a cushion and a bit of momentum, mm. and yeah, it's uh, it was a big play. Mm. play. The breakers would never make an excuse. They yeah. they don't they don't whinge about things that are happening to them, but they get drawn the short straw. They clearly looked exhausted against Melbourne on, on Sunday, yeah. and not only did they have to travel, they had the early start on the on the Sunday as well, and Melbourne was completely fresh and fully healthy. They'll never use it as an excuse for a performance, but, gee, they were they were almost playing with one, one hand tied behind yeah. their back because of the circumstances. Yeah, they were. They were. It's a it's a frustrating one, but, again, it is what it is, and you've just got to, you've got to deal with it, mm. you know, I think. They've had some issues this season with injuries and they've kind of had another season of what-ifs really for them, unfortunately. And while the the game against the Hawks could have potentially been a season-saving win, Mm. this one could hurt them a little bit. But uh, yeah, it doesn't help when you've got six-ish players that play a brunt of your minutes at the moment, you know, especially with Lamb going down. It's, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot more you can do. But look, I think they still fought. To keep it to to thirteen in the end, I think they made a heck of a run late, but uh, yeah, it was it was over pretty quick that one. We'll talk about the Hawks a bit more after our break, but how much credit do you, do you give them for? They came out and looked like the fresh team against Sydney on the mm-hmm. on the Sunday afternoon. They looked like the team that wanted it more. They they had more run in their legs. They yep. had more energy. Energy. How much credit do you give them? Because it's not easy to come back from Auckland on the Friday night. No. You still fly back into Sydney, then yeah. you go back to Wollongong, then yeah. think, I know it's only an hour, but you still have to spend that extra two hours on a bus to mm-hmm. and from Wollongong. They would have stayed in Sydney, I reckon. Okay. They would have landed in Sydney and stayed in Sydney, I think. 
Either way, you're still away from home for, for, for three or 100%. four days. So how much credit do you give them for being able to look as good as they did on, oh, on Sunday? All the credit. And that, that's their team and how they play, right? Mm. They've got those young guys, young mm. legs coming in off the bench. And I think Tatum rotates them really well. And he's got guys mm. like, I mean, we saw Dave O'Hickey yeah. finish the game out mm. once again and just be huge for them. Mm. Just energy, yeah. getting offensive boards and steals and being a, um, a bit of a pest. And mm. yeah, it's just how their team's built. You know, it's not the least bit surprising that they came out and wanted to do a track meet because that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where they're at their best. Mm. All right, Cody, we'll talk more about the Hawks when we come back, but let's take a break and hear from Tab Touch. Sounds good. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tab Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tab Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Back on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, I'm here with Cody Ellis again this week. Let's continue with our discussion about the Hawks, Cody, because I could hear the frustration in your voice throughout a lot of the first half of the season yeah. about the same old Hawks we were seeing, but virtually from the day Justin Tatum took over, it's been a different different team, and now it's really hard to see them not at least making the top six, and they're probably in a really good position to make the top four. It's a hell of a turnaround. They've been 11-6 and six under under Tatum. I mean, what have you seen? Why have they been able to turn it around so instantly under a different coach? Just a bit of a refresh, I think. Mm-hmm. A bit of a different voice and putting in some different um, different style of play, I think. Mm-hmm. First half of the season, we kind of saw them a bit bogged down and mm-hmm. trying to run sets and plays and stuff like that. And right now, it's just get out and run. Yep. You know, the ball was dominant in Tyler Harvey's hands early yes. and he wasn't having his best season. Yep. Now that the ball's moving, it's moving side to side mm. and Harvey's getting better looks mm. and he's not exerting so much energy with the ball in his hands, mm. he's back to you know, a bit of his normal self, yeah. which has been fun to see. Mm. Um, Justin Robinson's been really good. Again, like he started the season pretty bad. And yeah. People were calling for his head yeah. and he's really turned it around. Mm. I think he's, he's playing a really good role and um, hit some big shots against the Kings yeah. on the weekend. You know, a couple threes that you don't expect him to, <laughs> yeah. to really be hitting this season, but... Um, no, just just the resurgence of of them defensively as well. I mm. think has been the the fun thing to mm. see, and their willingness to actually play some defense yeah. and, and stop teams, and then get out and run because mm. that's where they're at the best, and that's what we said at the start of the season. That the team is built around that transition game, mm. and it's it's fun to be able to watch them do that. To me, Tatum just looks like a guy that he would inspire you as a player. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would just want to listen to every word. You would. Bo- yep. Even if he's not necessarily the greatest tactical coach, he makes you want to play for him. He makes you want to give your all for him. He just seems like that type of guy. He's got that aura mm-hmm. ab- about him. You've had different coaches over your career, and I'm sure some that have inspired you and some that you necessarily don't want to go and, mm-hmm. and put your body on the line for. How much difference does it make when you have that inspiration from your coach? Oh, it's huge. It makes all the difference in the world, and that's why we see you know, some of the best coaches in the league, uh, those coaches that, players get behind and, and mm. want to, you know, go to battle with. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I think that it's it's really cool to see, especially in Wollongong or yeah. that team that, like we said, same old Hawks, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. um, at the start of the season. And, yeah, very different looking team now that they're willing to kind of run through a brick wall mm. for, the, mm. for their coach and, their, and the coaching staff. It's a great place for him to be, isn't it? I mean, he's mm. going to become the face of that franchise, and what a face to have. But at the same time we're recording this, his son's about to put up 50 points for the, for the Celtics. I mean, to have him as the face of your franchise for a club like Wollongong in that small-town environment, it's, it's incredible. It is. It's huge. And, you know, the fact that they 
got him down there at the start of the season mm. was was massive. Yeah. And I think that's uh, you know a, a lot of credit to to the club for reaching out and being able to bring in a, a draw card like that, mm. which is which is massive. And he obviously knows the game very well, mm. and everyone knows who he is mm. and who his son is and <laughs> what his son does. But uh, yeah, look, he's uh, he's been unbelievable, and it's yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen them sign him up already. Mm. No, I am too. I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe he's got some other irons in the fire at the same mm-hmm. time, but surely we see his son coming out for a visit at some point too, don't we? That'd be interesting, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it would be. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't help that seasons line no, up the way doesn't. they do. But yeah, maybe in the off-season there mm. where, I mean, no one's going to be around anyway, but <laughs> yeah. uh, that'd be pretty cool and it wouldn't surprise me too much if, if he did. Mm. The other thing that's been a big change of the Hawks is that they found another genuine star alongside Tyler Harvey. So no longer does Tyler... It's similar to Nathan Sobey at the Bullets, and we'll get to that. No longer does he feel like he needs to do everything for this team to win because they've got Gary Clark there who's proving to be a match winner. He's hitting big shots. He's making big plays. He's a great rebounder. But even when they were struggling early in the season, we mentioned how when he talks, he talks like a leader. He he, he saw what they needed to do, Mm -hmm. and now what he saw, the vision he had, has now come to fruition. To me, he's right in contention for one of the the all NBL teams, he's, mm-hmm. been, he's been that good. I think so. And he's really helped turn them around big time. Um, I think to have an import come in and have that level-headedness mm. and leadership is yeah. huge. Yep. Um, you know, we, we, we do see a lot of imports come in, um, still fairly fresh and young mm. um, with elite talent mm. that aren't necessarily leaders yet. But to have a guy like Clark come in and be that leader pretty much straight away, mm. I think is massive for the young group they've got. Harvey now being around for a couple seasons, you know, he's he's turned into a leader of that team yep. as well. And even Justin Robinson, I think we've seen him be a bit of a leader out there as well, which mm. is which is really cool to cool, cool to see. Brisbane Bullets. They're a, they're a fascinating team and we I talked to Simon about it last week and I talked about how they frustrate me because they're so close to being a really good yeah. team and they they're doing a lot of things right, but then they they're getting virtually nothing out of their imports, and you can understand that with Casey Prather because he's still working his way back. Yeah. But Chris Smith and Shannon Scott have virtually disappeared. But then yeah. this was a must-win game for them on Friday night against Adelaide, a team they had struggled against. And Nathan Sobey did Nathan Sobey things by yeah. scoring 37 points in three quarters. But to me, the best part about that performance was that he didn't score at all in the fourth quarter, mm. and they still went on with the game. They still outscored Adelaide in the fourth quarter. And it's guys like Mitch Norton and Sam McDaniel who are the ones that are stepping up and... That's why you bring in those guys, and they're picking up the slack for the, what they're probably not getting from their imports. Yeah, it's been pretty odd to see with Smith and, and Scott how they've just kind of fallen off the face yeah, of the earth. Yeah. You know, for for those two guys to combine for five shots is yes. that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Shannon Scott's not had his best season. Mm. Well, I think he's been a bit all over the shop. He's had a couple injuries that he's struggled mm. with, mm. but he hasn't really given them what I think they expected of him yeah. coming in. Chris Smith went on a tear throughout that middle of the season yeah. where he was elite. Mm. He was really good, making great plays, knocking down those threes when he was open. He hit a match winner. Hit a match winner. Those, yep. I think it was against the Hawks. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he's just kind of fallen a little bit out of the rotation, I guess, yep. and that's probably got to do with some form yep. as well. Casey Prather, I think, has certainly made strides from where yep. he first was when we yep. first saw him. He's not running around like heavily favoring that leg anymore, <laughs> no, no, which is not. which is good and it's <laughs> less painful to watch, which is great. And that game on Friday was the first time where 
Justin Schiller had actually played him at, for a little bit in the three spot for the yeah. first time. So he, that suggests to me that he's starting to feel better yeah. physically. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think a lot of it is mental for him. Yeah. You know, he's basically had two years without really playing yeah. uh, or having a good stretch of games yeah. to play in. So well, he hadn't played a game at all for two and a half yeah, years. Yeah, which is wild, right? Yeah. So you know, to to come back from that is is no easy feat. Mm. So yeah, look, they're they're not getting much out of their imports. They can figure out how to get those guys involved. I mm. think they're going to be. Really tough come finals if they make it. Obviously, having Sobes come out and, yep. and have a, I'm pretty sure 37 was his career high. Right? Is, yeah, yep. career best is um was was impressive, and then just made all the right plays in the mm. fourth quarter. Yep. You know, he was getting thrown double teams at him constantly. Every time he stepped over halfway or mm. had the ball mm. in his hand, there was another guy coming. He yep. just gave it up every time. And Norto and McDaniel making the right plays. That's something Sobes hasn't handled well in the past, but mm. I think it's. We've seen a lot of growth from him as a team player and a leader this season where he's willing to now defer to his teammates mm-hmm. a lot more. Yeah, and I think that's just showing how he's matured throughout yeah. this season, I think, is probably the biggest thing. You know, last year he kind of had to be that guy. Of, yeah. Well, I have to go and try score 40 yeah. every night. Yeah. doesn't have to be now. Mm. So, yeah, his willingness to do the right thing by the team has, has been awesome this season. Mm. and it's, I think it's a big reason why Brizzy are where they're at. Mm. Both Wildcats. Um this was an amazing game on on Saturday against the the Cairns Taipans because I thought Adam Ford did a great job for thirty three minutes of the game yeah. with, with a with a great game plan. He mm-hmm. threw some some different things at the Wildcats. They picked on Ty Webster defensively and mm-hmm. tried to post him up at every opportunity, and yeah. they got some great results from that. It was a two point ball game with seven minutes to go, and then. Why I think the Wildcats can win the championship is because they can be more explosive than any other team. Yeah. I don't think any other team can do what they did in the last seven minutes where they scored 33 points to six to turn a two-point game into a 29-point point win. What did you make of it? Yeah, look, I think I think Melbourne's probably the only other team that has that potential to do it. Yeah. We haven't really seen it, mm. the way the Cats exploded in that mm. fourth. Yeah, I mean, look, Cairns were, Cairns were right there all game. I think the Cats probably got lucky that they were playing a Cairns team that's not really sure of what they're doing at the moment because it could have been a very different looking fourth quarter or going into the fourth quarter had it have been you know a Tassie or a Melbourne even or Um, even with Cairns if Wardenberg and Bull Kowal were still mm -hmm. out there but both of those were out of the game by that point yeah and that really that really hurt them a lot but look credit credit to Cairns and and Fordy and his game plan they did really well for you know majority of the game and then yeah you're right Cats just kind of put the foot on the throat mm. and took off with it. And it was, yeah, if you hadn't have watched the game and you saw the final score, you'd be like, oh, yeah. goodness me, I'm going to watch that. That's, yeah, that's yeah. awful. But then that fourth quarter was was super impressive. Mm. And it just happened all in an instant <laughs> and they couldn't stop the landslide. And mm. Perth really flexed a muscle and, and kind of showed what they can do. Um, you're right. I think that's a big reason why they can win the chip is, mm. is because of that explosiveness yeah. and that scoring just punch that they have. Mm. Um and, you know, they, they really turned it on the defensive end as well. Yep. You know, that's where it all came from. Yep. You know, that's where they're going to be elite. If they can figure it out on the defensive end, they're going to be really tough to stop mm-hmm. because running the other way, they've got some of the better players in the league running that, that direction. A lot, a lot of that defense can start with Alex Saab with yeah. some of those block shots that he gets yep. lead to a, to a fast break. Mm-hmm. And once they get out and run, they're, they're the fastest team, they're the most explosive team in, in the league. When you've got guys like... Saar and Pinder and, and Usher, um, and I mean, we know how quick Bryce is, but yeah. Doolittle's no slouch either in, no. in that sense. And then you've got Ty Webster, the guy who is tasked with pushing the pace. Yep. They, have a, they have an athletic gift as a whole team that mm. I don't think anyone else can match when they're, they're playing well. Yeah, 
No, it's yeah, it's it's fun to watch, mm. and I I do think that Sar and Doolittle, even Pinder, I think yes. um, on that defensive end, uh, are real keys for mm. them. You know, Ty gets a little overzealous on the defensive end. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we'll see lots of teams going at him now mm. on the defensive end, just because he look he's not a he's not a bad defender. Mm. I just think he tries to he takes that. Little, that one step too far, yeah. I guess, and and does the little thing at the very end of the play that probably doesn't need yes. to be done. A bit like what we see Bull do yep. on the other yep. end, you know. Really elite and then just that like, reach or that kind of yep. step and move under someone yep. and that's where they get the fouls called. Yep. So, But yeah, look, it, it is, it's all going to stem from their defense. I think that's going to you know, win them uh, the championship if they're going to. Speaking of that, let's go to the Cairns type hands and... I think Tadu McCall fits a lot of what you just mm-hmm. just said as well. For the last almost three full seasons now, he's been Adam Ford's right hand man. Yeah. I mean, not not only on the court, but also in the off season. Ford he's talked about how he's a big part of their recruiting. He helps to decide who they recruit and the type of players they they want and the type of game that they want to play. Yeah. For two and three quarter seasons, he's <laughs> they've been inseparable, yeah. like you said at the start, but. Something's clearly happened in the last two weeks where I don't know if it's that Forty suddenly sees some of the things that maybe we see that Tiji can be a liability at times with his his unpredictability and mm. the way that he plays with a freewheeling nature that can lead to good things, but also mm. things that, that hurts his team. So I don't know if Forty suddenly realised that he's not always helping us out on the court. I don't know if they've had a falling out where Forty's mm. asked him to do things that he hasn't wanted to do or yeah. if... Well, quite simply, Tajir's gone out there and he's trying to gamble defensively and not making the right plays and taking bad shots, and Forty's lost patience. Whatever it is, I think we're about to see Tajir play one more game for the Taipans and that'll be it. Yeah, potentially. Um, And look, again, we're on the outside looking in, so we have no idea what's going on in the camp, but it does look like there is some sort of feud, I guess, going on between those two, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we've seen Taj coach games in the preseason yes. and, and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So Forty can kind of sit back and, <laughs> and watch from a different angle, which is something that we haven't seen in, no. uh, you know, in the NBL before. So it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting little ride with, with Taj so far. You know, we've, we've certainly flagged it before on he – does, he, he does lots of good things, but he does lots of things that lead to the reason cans are where they're at, yep. and that's you know, hurting themselves. Yep. I, we, we spoke about it. Off air, but I don't think we're going to see a Taj McCall big game to finish the season <laughs> no, again, no. unfortunately. And look, who knows what's happened there? Who knows if Taj and Forty have got into it and you know said some things that are probably a bit regrettable or mm. what's happened? But uh, it, it's really strange to see. It's really mm. strange to see. What did you think as the second half unfolded? Because he didn't come on at all mm-hmm. in the second half, and then even when Forty was emptying his bench, he went to mm-hmm. Alex Madronia, who's he's probably barely played fifteen minutes mm-hmm. all season, and he also went to Lockie Anderson, who's yeah. Geez, he would have been lucky to play five minutes all, yeah. all season. And then we saw Taj sitting right at the end of the bench with the towel over his head, talking under his breath to his teammates. What are you thinking as that unfolds? Look, I, that's a tough one to read into because game was well and truly over. Let the young boys play who sure. haven't played throughout the season yeah. and give them some minutes, which is which I thought was good. Um, so that didn't overly, I didn't overly read too much into mm-hmm. that, I think. Right, him sitting at the very end of the bench, mm. towel over his head, kind of, you know, talking to a couple of players at mm. the end of the bench. I think you can probably read a bit more into that yep. and, and how he 
is mentally at the moment um, within the group, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure. It's a tough one and it's an odd situation to see. Mm. Something that I didn't think we'd no. ever see with these two. No. Sam Meneng is the other one I'm fascinated by. About halfway through the season, he was one of the best rookies in the mm-hmm. in the competition. Maybe he was one of the guys in the running for that next-gen award. He was playing that well and playing such a key role. So before this little bit of a stretch at the end of the season, the seven games before that, he was averaging 13.7 points a game, 6.9 rebounds, and he was making some big outside shots yeah. as well. His three-point shot shooting was going well. The last six games... 2.6 points, 1.5 rebounds. He's had a DNP in that mm-hmm. stretch as well and had the other games where he's played very few minutes. What's happened there? Yeah, I'm not, not really sure. Again, he's, it seems like he's kind of fallen out of 40's graces a little bit. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's been a bit of an odd season for the, uh, the old Taipans, unfortunately. And Yeah, look, Menenga has proven that he can be really good. Uh, I think defensively he's he's been decent guarding some of the bigger guys mm. around the league because yeah. he's big and strong yeah. and he can he's not getting moved very easily yeah. so yeah. I think he can be decent on the uh, defensive end look averaging just under 14 and 7 mm. is pretty bloody good <laughs> yes. in, in the NBL yeah. you know especially as a first year guy coming yeah. in so that's um that is fairly impressive so I'm not really sure what's caused this this big fall off cuz I don't think it's I don't really think it's his form that really mm. fell off. He just kind of wasn't really given the same opportunities mm. as you know those those seven game that seven game stretch. So yeah, because I, I, I don't think Wardenberg's had his best season by no, any no, stretch of the imagi- imagination. No. He's kind of had that sophomore slump yep. that uh, that you hear about, and yeah, it's it's been it's been an odd year. Mm. I think is is probably the the really the only way to put it. The cans it's just been a bit all over the shop. Mm. Do you see another mass turnover in this offseason for the Taipans? Uh, I think 40 is still under contract, so yeah. I, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't still be coach. Yeah. But, I mean, we know Clintman's gone. We think McCall will be will be gone. It's hard to imagine Josh Roberts coming back just yeah. because he hasn't played that much. And I imagine there's going to be another mass turnover. I mean, I think Sam Wardenberg is under under a new deal to stay. I think Bull Kowal's still under, under contract. Yeah. Um, outside of that, do you see another... Big turnover. Well, if McCall's gone, then so is Miller. Mm-hmm. Well, They're yeah. best mates. So yeah. you know the reason Miller was there is because McCall mm. brought him in. That's a huge loss because he's been fantastic. He's been unbelievable yeah. for him. He's been their kind of one shining light, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I think if Taj is gone, then so is Miller. Mm. Unfortunately, which which sucks because I'm sure you'd you'd want to try to keep a guy like Miller. Absolutely. Around. You know, as tough as as it is to keep, especially imports mm. around up in Cairns, mm. kind of been that feeder. Um, team, unfortunately, yeah. you know, Forty does an unbelievable job of recruiting, and mm. good enough that everyone kind of sees who he brings <laughs> yeah. in is like, all right, we'll take them because yeah. we got a bigger budget. And yeah. you kind of saw that with DJ Ho and Pinder, this year and Pinder, and I mean, there's been plenty, mm. plenty more. But yeah, look, I, I do think we see a bit of a big turnover. Mm. Wardenberg, I'm pretty sure, did sign yeah. an extension. Mm. Will Qual will be under contract. Other than that, I don't think anyone else is actually under contract. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't imagine they'd keep a guy like Jonah Antonio around mm. who's kind of played minutes here and there, but yeah. nothing much. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's got needs to be playing somewhere, whether it's in the NBL or mm-hmm. overseas. He, he needs to be playing yeah. at this point of his career. Yeah, no, exactly. So, And look, it does come down to availability of players yeah. too. You know, I think it could be that their hand is a bit forced with some of the guys mm. and they kind of have to to, to fill out the roster. Yeah. So it's going to be a big, uh, big off-season for them, big off-season. 
Let's finish off this segment. The Sydney Kings, Cody. Um, I I don't know what what it is, but something's not right. Yeah. So uh, I feel like hear me out on this, and you can give me your thoughts. I feel like Coach Mood came in, and I, I think he would be a great coach in terms of having a game plan mm-hmm. and having a plan of how he wants his team to play. And I feel like he just from reading between the lines. Because he saw that this was a team that had won the last two championships and we've got so so much talent, I necessarily don't need to come in and, and inspire these guys. Yep. I can just give them a game plan and let them go out and play. Mm-hmm. And I think in that situation, he could be a great coach because I don't necessarily think he's a guy like Justin Tatum or mm-hmm. Chase Buford who's going to make you want to go and run through a brick wall for yep. him. And maybe he's not doesn't have that personal touch mm-hmm. to connect with his players. Yep. But I feel like he was a guy that thought, if he gives a team like this instruction to play, they'll go out and be able to play mm-hmm. play well. But it turns out it probably is a team that needs to be have a fire lit under them, yeah. and he can't quite do it. Am I onto something there? Yeah. What no, do you think? Absolutely. And I think if they had the same team that they've had the past couple of years mm. with Zave and DJ and, yes. and those kind of guys, they motivate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I he would have fit in perfectly. Mm. Because not only do those guys kind of motivate themselves, they're they're good amongst the team, yes. right? You know, Zave being a really good leader, DJ, we've seen that in Adelaide. Yes. So yeah, I think the team that they've put together is not in that group at all. Mm. I think they're definitely a team that needs a bit of direction. Yeah. You know, you've got Geordie Hunter as your starting centre, who mm. I think has been really good for them, yes. but also I don't think is one of those guys that you can kind of just let go out and play and mm. kind of figure it out. I think mm. he needs some sort of instruction. Yep. Yep. I think Bolden the same. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's one of those guys that had a bit of time off basketball, mm. so yep. kind of needs to be nudged along a little yep. bit. Yep. Um, you know, guys like Quatnoy coming off mm. the bench who his mindset is just go score. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's probably one of the guys that you can let run free. And we, we mm. saw him have a really good stretch in that middle of the season where they mm. were struggling, but yep. he was kind of the one shining light yep. that, kept them in games because mm. of just how well he could score yeah. the ball. Yeah. Having guys like Brucey play the minutes he's playing, mm. I think doesn't play into his hands. Mm. I think Brucey's been and shown how good he can be in those little spurts yes. and then playing late games. Yes. Playing big minutes early, I think has kind of taken away from the energy he brings mm. to the team. Yeah. Um, we've seen Angus Glover come in and play some decent minutes um, but still not playing the minutes I think he should. Mm, mm. And look, that could be due to Brucey playing these majority minutes, oh, right? Is, yeah. yeah, look, Jalen Adams has been a bit of a shell of himself that you know we would expect from him, mm. um, You know, being a, a previous MVP when he was mm. in the league last. And mm. his steal and missed wide open layup kind yeah. of summed up this season perfectly <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. against the Hawks. Yeah. You know, just that potential of, wow, they can be really good and then... Mm blown layup and yep, yep. Kind of, I think that one play kind of summed <laughs> yeah. up their season perfectly yeah yeah look uh, this is something that we've been talking about the Kings from a bit of the start in that they don't really adjust mid-game mm. you know they, they just uh, they come in with a game plan like you said mm. whether it works or not they stick to it and they don't really adjust too well in game so which yeah really works well with your thoughts on it because mm. um, yeah uh, I just, I just don't think it's the right team to be able to do that. I was fascinated after the game on on Sunday when first thing Coach Mood came out and said was that our our players just didn't come out and give enough effort. They didn't want it as much, and the Hawks did, and that's why we lost. Yep. 
And then when Geordie Hunter was asked the same question, he said, yeah, sure, we can always try harder and you can always give more effort. That That is, that's a given. But I don't think that's why we lost the game. It's more because there's something being lost in translation between what basically what we're being asked to do and what, what we're doing. There's something that's not connecting. That was, to me, that was as close as I've heard a player come to saying that we're not getting the coaching we, we yep. need or deserve yeah. Without actually coming out and saying it, what do you what do you read into that? Yeah, look, I, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. Which is, you know, especially from a young guy like to mm. to, to say something like mm. that. I think, yeah, it's I think it's a bit telling and, mm. and kind of telling of what that group's been going through the past couple months now. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's not exactly what I expected to hear, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I, I think he's spot on. Look, there there clearly is some sort of miscommunication between the coaching staff mm. and the playing group mm. and you know whatever coach mood wants isn't what he's getting from the group mm. whether the, the group thinks that they should be doing this and that and they're mm. not you know they're getting told to do one thing but they're going out and maybe doing a bit of their own mm. thing that's not really a recipe for success mm. especially in this league mm. so it's going to be interesting to see how they go come finals if they make it because yeah. yeah they they can be Pretty good if they, uh, if they figure it out. It's fascinating. A couple of weeks ago when they lost in Adelaide, after the game, Coach Mood came out and said that the game plan was to play a full court pressure defense. And then he talked about how they didn't do it. No. I mean, how, how do you have a game plan and then your players don't follow it? How does, how does yeah. that happen? Yeah, and I think that's kind of evident of the lack of buy-in that the players have. Mm. You know, it's the complete opposite of what we're seeing just down the road yes. um, from, from them in Illawarra. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know. It's tough that lots of Sydney fans I'm seeing are calling for Coach Mood's head mm. and that's he's been the big reason mm. why you know they're not doing this and that. That's all well and good, but if you've got a game plan in place and the players mm. don't go do it, <laughs> what else are you expecting yeah. to do? Yeah. You know? and yep. Look, part of that is getting buy-in from the players mm. and some... Coaches are really good at that. Some aren't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there is a, a serious disconnect in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Last question, then we'll take a break. Um, it's hard to imagine them not being the Phoenix yeah. this Saturday night, and then they'll make the top six. Mm-hmm. If they make it, despite all of these problems, and even if the players aren't on board with the coach, how far could they go come finals time? Well, I think apart from that top three of Melbourne, Perth, and Tassie, mm. I think Sydney's probably got the best shot outside mm. of them. So you see them making the top four, potentially? Not so much. I don't know. It's it's. Tough. <laughs> I I can see if they figure it out, mm. and they haven't figured it out for a couple of months. So mm. I, it, it's hard to see them actually figuring it out. But mm. if they do, <laughs> if they do, I think they are the only team not in that top three yep. that can challenge that top three um, in a series. In yeah, because of the pure talent they have, mm. they've shown that they can do it, but they've also shown the longer that they don't really want to or yeah. can do it. It's uh, it's a really, really odd situation. So, look, I, I do think that outside of those three that they're probably the only potential team to, to mm. challenge them for the championship. All right, Cody, let's take a deep breath and when we come back, we'll get our awards for last week and then we'll look ahead to this final round. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. 
Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, Cody. Before we get to our preview of this last round, we've got our awards for this week. Let me get your thoughts on the Damo Award for the Best Defensive Player. So Shea Ali got the top votes last week, Sam McDaniel from the Bullets, Isaiah Liar for the one vote. It sets up a nice little finish to the season where, coming into the last round, Sam McDaniel, Tyrell Harrison, Shay Ely, and Geordie Hunter can all win this award. Then. Mm. Maybe Damo knows what he's doing. Yeah, maybe. Who'd have thought, hey? <laughs> Who'd have thought? Um, yeah, no, not, not the least bit surprising. I think there's been some players that have kind of been a lot better at the end of the season. Mango Madiang's been been tough wow. towards the end of the season. He's he's, he's, really a, he's actually absolutely shown that your tip of the southern mm. wasn't wasn't something to be embarrassed yeah. about. <laughs> no, he's um he's kind of figured it out a little bit, yeah. which is which is good to see. Um, and then Alex Sar, I think as well, yes. has been um, really good. And you know, not not so much blocking shots, but just every time he's on the floor, teams don't want to go inside yeah. just for that potential of a block shot and the fact that he can change shots. So. Damo knows what he's doing. <laughs> the Player of the Year Award, Bryce Cotton's had it wrapped up for a little while. Yep. I'm fascinated to get your thoughts. Who's the second best player in the league right now? So Nathan Sobey got the top votes last week. Parker Jackson, Cartwright, four. Gary Clark, three. Joe Luala, two, two. Keanu Pinder, one. It's a really tight leaderboard underneath yeah. Bryce. Who's the second best player in the league right now? Just throw the names in a hat and pick one out. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. Sobes has been really good, but he's also had some patches where he's been yep. a little bit non-existent. Yep. Parker Jackson Cartwright has been elite this yes. past month, really, yep. for, for them, and I think he's been tough. I think Clark's probably been the more consistent, mm. especially in the back end of the season under Tatum. I think he's been probably their most consistent. JLA's been really good. Um, he's missed a bit of time, yep. though. Yep. And Pinder, while well, he's been bloody awesome as well. Yep. well, he's been really good for the Cats. Yep. Especially back end of the season, mm. I do think start of the season he was kind of trying to find his way and yeah. his his role within the team, but he's he's really found that and his energy and effort um, has been awesome for the Cats. Um, again, I do think inconsistency is is probably the thing that hurts him a little bit as well. I, I would probably go with with Clark at the moment, mm. but that's purely just because I pick one, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think he's probably been the most consistent. With probably Jackson Cartwright close yeah. behind. No, it's really tough. I mean, there's been different points where I think you could say Anthony Lamb would, yep. would be in, in that position. <laughs> even Chris Golding at, yeah. at times has been. I mean, right, right, right down the list. Even Milton Doyle at different yeah. times. Jordan, yep. Jordan Crawford, Crawford. At, at different times. Jalen yep. Adams when he's up and going, yep. when he cares enough. Patrick Miller as well. Yep. You know, Isaac Humphreys, yep. um, DJ Vasilovich, Trey Cal. Yeah, there's the. We'll go through it next week. When we're picking out all NBL teams, it's really tough because you can lock in Bryce for the all first team, yeah. but then there's probably but 20 guys for the for the other other yeah. nine spots. It's really tough. Okay, before we get to our preview, I'm fascinated to see where Brian Gorgian ends up coaching mm. next season. Cody, he's made it clear that he wants to be coaching in the NBL. Mm-hmm. Um, the Adelaide job's fascinating because he he clearly wants that job, yeah. and Grant Kelly, the owner of the 36ers, I think, wants him to have that job. They've had a meeting. They've... They've talked to each other. But as we've talked about before, and I've talked to Simon about it, I get the feeling that everybody else in Adelaide wants Scott Ninnis to get yeah. the job, including the playing group. So before I get your thoughts, let me play something from DJ Vasilovich because I spoke to him after their game on Friday night and asked him the question, and he was pretty pretty blunt in his assessment. Um, I'd like, like to keep KG around, and I'm putting it out there. Uh, Cleveland, um, I want him back too. You prefer to play with him than having him guard you, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you're coming back no matter what, but right now, would you be disappointed if it's not with Scott as your coach? Um, yes, I think uh, I want to keep harping on it. Scott deserves it. Um, you watch where we were at the FIBA break when CJ was fired. He took over. I think we had three days or two days to prepare for Cairns. We gave up 116, 117 points. Then we went to United, competed well against them, uh, beat Brisbane. Um, then, lo then lost two games and the new year rolled over and you beat United, you beat Sydney. You have a close one against Cairns and each week we got better and better and better and we were starting to get respected. It wasn't being last. It was like, oh, Adelaide might make the six. So for sure, Scotty does deserve it. And I would be pissed if he's not the coach for two years and onwards. Couldn't be more clear. Yeah. And, he, and he's a guy that's now re-signed for yeah. three years too. Yeah, exactly. And look, I, I think he's spot on. Scott's done as well as anyone else could have done mm. here, What's what's happened in Adelaide. And he's a big reason for their resurgence and the reason that they actually made a push for the six, mm. you know, from where they were. Obviously... We think it should be a given. Um, DJ obviously thinks it should be a given, yeah. and it really should be. It's it's a tough one when you've got a guy like Brian Gorgian out there wanting a job. Yes. That you've probably got to do your due diligence mm. and at least talk to him and see what, <laughs> yeah, see yeah. what see what he wants, and you know throw an offer his way. But I would be very shocked if we didn't see Scott as mm. the head coach of Adelaide moving forward because. Uh, I mean, he's done more than deserve it, really. Yeah. So if Gorge doesn't get that Adelaide job then, yep. does he coach somewhere else? So right now, because of everything we've talked about, it's probably hard to see Mahmoud Abdelfader staying in Sydney. So let's just put two and two together and assume that there's a Sydney Kings yep. job available. Could he coach the Sydney Kings again? That's my thought. That, mm. That's where I think he will land, mm. purely because I don't think there's going to be availability really anywhere else. Yep. You wouldn't expect Mike... To uh to get the sack after the I'd be devastated for him if he did. Yeah. Like I, I fear for it happening yep. because teams don't necessarily always keep their coach after no. finishing on the bottom. But he deserves a chance to at least get a good look at it with without the interruptions they've had. Teams also don't finish a season <laughs> with an NBL one caliber team. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. you've got to put two and two together there yeah. as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think they were. Really good, as good as... No, when, when they're at full strength, we were talking about them being a championship contender. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. It's a, a frustrating thing, and the Phoenix are clearly cursed with injuries. Yes. It's, it's been a constant run since they've mm. entered the league, yeah. unfortunately. So, look, I, I wouldn't expect anything to happen there. I yeah. think I'd be, again, I'd be just as shocked if he got fired as, mm. as if Scott wasn't the coach of Adelaide. Yeah. So, you'd expect Foy to stay in Cairns. Shula has done an unbelievable yes. job in Brisbane. Um, Tatum has to stay at the Hawks. Has to. Yeah. Has to, unless he has other things in mind yeah. and, and he's off somewhere else. Well, New Zealand's the interesting one. New Zealand is, but again, I, I think Modi's been really good for them. Yeah. And again, they were riddled with injuries. Yeah. You know, they lost they lost two players for the season at the start of the season. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole lot you can do there, and they've yeah. done very well to... And I don't think it's his choice. No. He, he has an option on a contract where if he wants to keep coaching there, he, mm -hmm. he has a deal in yep. place. Yep, and... Rightfully so. Yeah. I think uh, he's certainly earned that and wouldn't expect them to do anything. I think Willie's certainly earned his spot in Perth yeah. this season. Dean, obviously, is going to have a job yeah. at Melbourne as long as he, wants, long it. As he <laughs> yeah. wants it. It's Yeah, I, I think Sydney is probably the only landing place. Mm. And I really think that the higher-ups in the Kings organisation will, will probably make that call. And mm. I, I think 
I yeah, there's not a chance um, Coach Mood stays around. No. All right, so we'll see how that plays out. But more immediately, Cody, we need to get to our preview of this last round. Mm-hmm. Thanks to TabTouch. So check out all the odds at tabtouch.com.au or the, or the TabTouch app and check out our exclusives as well, Cody. We'll try and help you find some extra winners in our same-game multis especially. Now, Thursday night, it all gets underway. Illawarra Hawks hosting the Perth Wildcats. So the Hawks need to win to make sure that they stay where they are in fourth position. But the Wildcats, even if they can't move from where they are in second, they won't want to go into the finals having lost all three games to the Hawks. No, they won't. You know, there is potential that they can line up with them at some yes. point come the playoffs. So you wouldn't think so. I think Bryce comes out uber aggressive mm. and tries to snuff out the uh, whole the Hawks have his number <laughs> yes. um, scenario that's, that's being played at the moment. Yeah, look, oh, it's a tough one. The Hawks have kind of figured out the Cats a little bit. I still don't think any team has figured out other teams completely, but look, they've got their number at the moment. Um, mm. You know, going in, you'd think that the Hawks probably should be favourites, mm. but I do think the Cats get this one actually. Double header Friday night. All starts in Auckland. Must win game for both these teams. Yep. So whoever wins will make the top six. Whoever loses, the Breakers still have another second chance, but yep. it's all over for the Bullets. Yep. So. Added motivation, as you touched on earlier. Tom Abercrombie playing his last ever home game for the New Zealand Breakers. We might talk about him a bit more and his career next week once we've got a bit more time. But massive game for both these teams. It's pretty much all on the line. It is. And um, uh, I'm going to back the bullets in because I was the only one that had them in the the four. (laughs) (laughs) Or even in the six, I think. I don't know if... Anyone else? No, had him even nobody in the six. did. Yeah. So I'm going to back the the bullets. I'm going to I'm going to back my boy Nordo and the bullets uh, mm. on that one. But uh, I think that's going to be a heck of a game. I forgot to mention, Mitch Norton was the Galen winner for this week as well, oh, thanks to go. Simon Mitchell. There you go. Well, I think very deserved. I think he was um, unreal and doing Nordo things. And as we talked about, Nathan Sobey needed a running partner, did, and Nordo gave him gave him that perfectly. Yeah. Hit a couple of big shots late yeah. too, um, and just I'm not the least bit surprised with with Norto being Norto and just making the right play every time and, and doing the right thing on the defensive end. Second up on Friday, <laughs> for a game that doesn't mean anything in terms of the season of both these teams, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So last game of the season for the Cairns Taipans, and for all the reasons we talked about before, it'll be fascinating to see how it how it plays out just on a yeah. personality front. Melbourne United, they're going to finish top, but. They won't want to go through a season not having beaten the Taipans either. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. And yeah, I'm sh- not sure that's happened any in any recent mm. history for, for Melbourne. So, look, Dean's had a bit of a past of once tying up top spot. He kind of rests some of those top guys a bit. But they do have another game on the Sunday, which I think mm. they probably will do that a bit more. I think they come out and probably give it their best punch against Cairns and, and probably get it done purely, mm. purely on talent. Two games on Saturday. I don't think the South East Melbourne Phoenix are going to get much of a reprieve on the personnel front. And that means it's virtually an NBL1 team up against a defending champion, Sydney Kings, who have it all to play for. Mm-hmm. Do they just get it done purely based on talent? I think so. And look, just to preface, we're saying South East with an NBL1 team with the utmost respect of, yes. of that playing group yeah. because I think Ben Eyre has been unbelievable this yep. season for them. Yep. I think he's been so good and... His growth and maturity has gone mm. through the roof. It's mm. been awesome to see. And then look, some of the younger boys coming in and playing mm. some awesome minutes. Yeah. They've actually been fun to watch yeah. without their, their main guys yeah. out there. So, you know, lots of those guys taking their minutes and, and you know, running with it, which yeah. has been lots of fun to see. But I, I do think the Kings 
wing is purely off talent um, and too big, I think, too mm. strong, unfortunately, yeah. and um, I think they'll get that one. Second up, every chance this is a preview of the, the playoff series, as long as you know the Jack Jumpers just need to win that play-in game mm-hmm. and then they'll lock away third spot, then they'll play the Wildcats in a, in a playoff series. So this will be interesting as well in Hobart on Saturday night between the Jack Jumpers and the Wildcats. Mm. These two always have good games. It's mm. always a fun one to watch. I think you'd think Tassie's got the bit of the edge with, with Perth already having played yes. a game. Yeah. But uh, look, it's, it's, a, it's a huge one going into finals. Mm. I think that uh, carrying a lot of momentum, especially if the Cats do end up losing to the Hawks mm. on, the, on the Thursday night, I think this is a massive one for the Cats because you wouldn't want to go in no. losing two games, even yeah. sitting in second. Yeah. You know, you, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't sit well as a playing group or as, as a coaching staff. So um, I think Tassie get it purely just because they're going to be the fresher team. Mm. But I expect it you know, as close as anything. Yeah. Last game of the last day of the regular season on Sunday, two more games. Melbourne United, like you touched on, nothing to play for. But because you've got a fever break, which is gives them an extra two weeks before they play again, but it's probably going to be three weeks because then they have to wait for the play-in tournament yeah. to play out as well. Because of that, do they still throw everything at this game and not necessarily rest anybody against a Illawarra Hawks team who could very well be fighting for their lives? Yeah, I, look, I, I think they do, especially with the Hawks because, look, if they can play spoilers with the Hawks, I mm. think they'd want to because it's, it's not a team that I'd want to run into, mm. especially in a series with the way that they play and mm. can back up. So I think they will. I think with the with the break, I think they'll go in full bore and, and really throw everything at them. So I'm not sure who wins that one. Uh, I think if Melbourne do play that way, I think they'll probably get them. Mm. But if they decide to let some of the younger boys get some more minutes, I mm. think the Hawks are a mm. good chance. Because I have to pick one, I'll probably go <laughs> with Melbourne. <laughs> um, last game of the regular season. Last chance for Scott Ninnis to push his case for the yep. Adelaide 36ers job and... I think it's already sold out at the Adelaide Entertainment yeah. Centre, so it's going to be another potential record crowd for them to close their season. They play the New Zealand Breakers, who, well, if Friday night plays out how you expect, they'll need to win this game yeah. to make the top six. So, nice way to finish the season. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good one to uh, to finish off the year. Adelaide obviously going to throw everything at them, and I'm not sure how they guard the guys at Humphreys, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but look, I think it's going to be. It'll be an emotional one for New Zealand, I think, especially with the potential of it being Abercrombie's last game. Yeah. So there'll be uh, some added incentive. Well, I think Adelaide get it, again, purely because New Zealand play on Friday and then have to travel to Adelaide mm. for, for a Sunday game mm. again. Yeah, look, I'll go with Adelaide on that one. So if all that plays out how you expect, it's New Zealand that misses out yep. on the top six. So then we probably have the Hawks finishing fourth, I imagine Sydney finishing fifth and the Bullets in sixth. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with that? Yeah, look, uh, I, I still don't think Sydney probably should be there. Mm. Um, I think New Zealand probably deserve it more. Mm. But I think in terms of a team that can make a run um, at the title from that bottom four of the six, mm. I think um, Sydney's probably it. So, yeah, look, uh, I think that's probably how it goes. Mm. Um but again, we've been proven well wrong before, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see how all that plays out. No, we will. All right. Thanks for that, Cody. Um, we've gone a bit over time, so let's wrap things up. And next week, we'll come back with our all our award winners, and you might be 
might be having a trip from Sydney that you can fill, in, fill us in on yeah. as well. And we'll see if you come back with a contract with an NBL1 East team as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll, so, see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but thanks for, thanks for breaking all that down. We'll see how it plays out. We'll come back next week, but I'll, I'll wrap it up there and let you have the final say. Yeah, can't believe it's the last round. Mm. It's uh, The season's flown by and lots riding on pretty much every game. So uh, really looking forward to some of these. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.